The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I. Candy Kimsey. <laughs> Have some now and get some later. <laughs> <laughs> what? That, you, now and later. That, yeah, now and later, Candy. Okay, okay. So now Jeez. and later, Candy. Okay. That's hilarious. Okay. You've got an actual knack. <laughs> yes. And we've also got Sarita the Rita Edgerton here again. Hi. Yes. And behind the glass is Rocket Man Andy Bishop. Hello. <laughs> I want that. I want the wrestling music. The Jerry, the Annihilator, Lewis. Hello. Yeah. Hi. And then, all the, this is not a holiday edition, but it's a special edition, and I'll tell you why here in just a second. So my wife Holly is here. Hello, Holly. Hi. Oh, uh, we need definitely need to move that sucker in. Yeah, or turn it up. <laughs> there we go. Just just drag it towards her a little bit Jeez. so she doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Just swallow it, Holly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, this is a testimony series, and I have been excited. We have been this has been in the works for a few months now. Uh, Cherry had sent me whenever we were doing the Olivet Discourse. Cherry had sent me this podcast called the Kingdom Project Podcast, and uh, it was about. Um, Marcus Hall, who was the host, but he was talking to, I think, wasn't his name Paul? And we'll get with Marcus here in a second, but I think it was Paul. I think so. And it was a two-episode series, and you sent it to me, and I thought, huh. And so I started listening to it, and I was like, why did you send me this? Like, this is from my direction, and it was awesome, and I loved it. And so then I started listening to his, and that's how we say it down here, is listening. (laughs) I started listening to that northerner up there talking about Jesus, you know, and then just was fascinated with it. So, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I want to talk to you. And then we got him on the podcast. I've actually sent him a couple emails, asking him questions. He's been very helpful. So I want to introduce Marcus Hall. Marcus, it's so good to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, very exciting. Yeah. When you started off, you were like, mm-hmm. very cool. and I thought it was like... <laughs> There's like bears up there in Illinois. I think it was It was kind of an, are we there yet? We did... We did have a bear uh, last summer in Illinois around here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing this. It was on the loose. Oh, was it really? Like in your neighborhood? Well, no. well we're in Lake area, uh, this lake area. It was just passing through. Yeah. Well, guys, if you're listening <laughs> to the show and you hear a little bit of a lag, we're in a giant storm here in the Carolinas and we're doing this via Zoom with uh, Marcus up in uh, Illinois. So. I'm going to jump into it and let you do more of the talking, and it won't be so laggy. Marcus, uh, one of the things I ask every guest that comes on the show, the first thing I ask him is, can you give me your earliest memory of when you heard about Jesus? Okay, yeah. I listened to some of the episodes, and I knew that would be the first uh, question, and uh, (laughs) I was trying to think about that. I can't remember exactly because um, my grandpa was was a preacher. And I went there on the weekend. So uh, as a toddler, Jesus would have been, you know, like a, a common household name, 
because I went to church with them on the weekends. So I've known Jesus, the name Jesus, you know, and Jesus Christ and and God um, pretty much my whole life. So toddler age, definitely. So Mm -hmm. from there, so you've been around it your whole life. So can you tell me whenever you had, uh, what age you were when you had your conversion or if there's anything like leading up to that conversion? Um, yeah, well, okay. So, you know, my, uh, my parents divorced right before my sixth birthday. So my grandparents played a huge role in helping, uh, my dad to raise me. And, um, but he, he wasn't a, pr- a pastor anymore. So we weren't in church for a while, but there was always family prayer, you know, before meals and then every night before bed. And there was a point around, and I could, can't remember the exact age, but around nine or 10, my aunt had invited me to uh, vacation Bible school, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, I went to vacation Bible school and, and then I, I, I kept going to church with them because it was in another town. So it was another group of kids and it was like, Oh, it's like fresh, like a fresh palette to work with here, you know, <laughs> when you're a kid. And so uh, just kept going. And I, so I, I, but I do remember in seventh grade and when I got saved and, but that was, it was, I was alone. I was in bed uh, going to sleep and thinking of Jesus and uh, just saying that I know I believe in you and I believe in God and and this you know the bits and pieces that I have heard and I prayed and I repented and 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 asked uh, asked God or Jesus into my heart you know because that was the main you know a lot of people say to do that you know that those sinners prayer things and stuff like that so uh, it was seventh grade which would then be a very <laughs> rocky roller coaster thing for for many years. Yeah, that is something that I hear a lot of people talk about cuz the initial salvation. So yeah, I, be, I can't remember who was it that said that they got baptized you. No, who was it that said they got baptized six or seven times? I can't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody told me they yeah. got baptized like, "Oh, it was Tiziana. It was Tiziana got baptized oh, seven yeah, that's times." Right. And she was like, I don't know, wow. seven, eight, you know, I just have, <laughs> she wanted to make sure that it took, you know, and I was like, I just got a pool, you know, if you wanted to swim so much. Yeah, but, that's amazing. I forgot yeah. that entirely. I know. Yeah. So, but the up and down thing, I think we've all encountered that. I think that's mm. probably part of it, right? That's part of it. We're all going to go up and down. But so from seventh grade up to now. So if you've listened to these, you've heard me say that before. So take us on a path. I want to hear how we got, especially... You know, as you got into the church, you were into dispensationalism. I know that was something that you were into, and then things started to change. But let's let's mm-hmm. take us on a, a ride. I'm real, really fascinated with how you got where you are. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote down just a bunch of bullet points so I could stick with the story some. <laughs> and um, I, I I would have to say, so you know that that initial upbringing, it, it was a Nazarene church that I w- was going to. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, we have but, some here. Okay. okay. Uh, and uh, well, then they would know that, and, and I don't want to paint a negative picture whatsoever about 
and my, anyone in my family, but especially my grandparents, um, they were so vital to my upbringing and, and poured so much. I mean, they, they basically, you know, they, they could have been in their golden years, but they chose to take me in and raise me, you know? Uh, so my dad, uh, could work and, and all that because he got custody of me in the divorce. But there was a big, the, the big emphasis was always holiness, you know, holiness and, um, very strict in, in a lot of ways, you know, no, no, the, the no buy, sell, sell and trading on Sundays. Couldn't go to the movies. It was like fighting tooth and nail for them to get me to allow me to go to my first dance in junior high. Cause we we're not supposed to dance and, you know, no, no co-ed swimming and all that type of stuff. Right. So there was a big emphasis on that, which, you know, I, because it, it, their, their emphasis was that second work of grace that takes place in a person's life, which is entire sanctification. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you guys are yeah uh, familiar with that, then so you, you I sort am of not. know. Yeah, Andy is not oh, familiar okay. with that. If you want to, if you want to divulge a little bit further for him, yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, yeah, well, so you know, sanctification from my upbringing, I, I see there's different different takes and different views on it now that I'm older. But um, my, there was a you know John Wesley is highly revered. Uh, for a lot of good reasons, uh, too. But uh, he he had wrote a book on sanctification. It was called Entire Sanctification, and, and and I'm pretty sure he made clear that that would never be attainable in, until we pass from from this life and until into glory. But a whole doctrine of it was developed, and uh, so there was a lot of workspace things. To, to weed out everything and and really you could equate it to your spiritual maturity mm-hmm. always growing in Christ and the more you grow in Christ and obedience to 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 the word you know things things fall off of you um, but this seemed to be more of a, a struggle and a work stuff and and so just just how charismatics would have that second work, that takes place, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, in this, this denomination, uh, there's a second worker grace, but it's entire sanctification. When people feel like they've uh, re- reached that, I- I've literally heard people say, uh, well, I'm entirely sanctified now, so I have no no issues with sin or with wow. temptation and things like that. Yeah, it's definitely um, a thing I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, it gets deep, bro. And, and, it gets deep. Like it, we're just yeah. scra- we're not even scratching the surface, you know. <laughs> like there's all uh, kinds of ways to think about this. Um. So there was that. There was all that stuff that was going on. You know, I was definitely a youth group kid and all that, and always involved. But it was one of those things too with my <laughs> with my grandparents. You know, of uh, every time the church doors are open, you got to be there. And stuff like that. There, there was one time when I could drive, you know, on, on a Wednesday night, they had went ahead and, and went for church and I was getting ready to leave and my car was, would not, would not start at all. And I called the church and to tell my grandpa and he was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do. If you have to walk seven miles, you're going to walk seven miles to get to church. All right. <laughs> so, you know, there was things like that. Now, he wasn't a mean man. He's the most selfless type of man I've ever known in my life. So again, I you know I want to make sure I'm not painting that type of picture. You would think though that based on the works and the thought that Grandpa would have came and picked you back up and got you back to church, you know? 
Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't old enough to put now. it back on him, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't really get. You know, there were so many things. The, the reading the Bible and stuff like that. I tried. I tried to do that, and it, it never made sense to me. And it was like I felt like I couldn't absorb it right and stuff like that. And. Um, there, there was just all that stuff that went on. I, it took place, uh, or I took uh, mission trips. It, it was in 1997, I was on a mission trip, and I really did feel that call uh, that God uh, wanted me to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. But what I did was, um, in typical, I guess, you know, 18-year-old fashion, was try to compromise with God and say, you know how much I love music, give me a band, if you give me a band, we'll preach through music on, on the stage, you know? Sure. So uh, there's a I, lot of 18 yeah. year olds that find any way possible to be able to be on the stage, right? It doesn't true. matter what it is. <laughs> I still do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy's still on the stage all the time. Right. So you want to be on the stage, but not behind a pulpit at 18 for sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there, there was, there was that in God's grace, I got a band that just sort of fell apart, uh, fell together. And I started a band and we actually did get signed. And, and um, I don't know how familiar you guys were. I was a punk rock kid, um, mm-hmm. which was quite, you know, the oxymoron, to, you know, probably the Christian punk rock guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I played guitar. I was in the worship band at church and involved in all that stuff. I mean, at 18, I was on the church board, even had been voted in on that. Wow. But I, I got into a band and we were playing and got signed uh, first to a, a small label called Boot to Head Records. And then we went to Tooth and Nail Records. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of that scene or not. Are they uh, specifically like Christian punk record labels or are they just punk yeah. record labels? Yeah, it, it was Christian, even though they never really said it. But uh, there was bands like MXPX and uh, Living Sacrifice, uh, stuff like that that came out of that label and we were on there what was your band name uh, sidewalk slam sidewalk slam everybody yeah, go check it out some street preaching sure it's out there yeah it, it's yeah no it's it's out there um it's on on streaming platforms and all that i'm only on the first couple of records because i had got married uh during that period too and it was a very big strain on the marriage oh touring um, is a pleasure for single people yeah right yeah it totally would have been different <laughs> for sure but it was huge strain on the marriage and i was like i can't i can't do this i i wanted to save my you know save my marriage so uh, i quit and left the two single guys for them to fend for themselves and they went on for a, quite a long time and did well so but in that time you can imagine married moved out was in a band the preaching from the stage never really happened too much it was always just like hey we're christians you want to talk to us about god do that and come to us after the show stuff like that you know um got out of church really fast uh, because you're living on your own, you're married now, and you don't have anybody telling you to get up and go to church. <laughs> so, or to walk to, to church you know, seven miles. <laughs> yeah, or walk to church and stuff. So that was our whole like getting out of church for a long time, and then getting into. I got into drinking and partying, and then playing music just locally at home. I got into the bar scene and developed a pretty uh, nasty drinking habit Mm -hmm. and uh, even spent a weekend in jail 
once, uh, which is not good at all. Uh, very <laughs> not fun. You didn't enjoy that, I guess, huh? Did did not enjoy that. <laughs> um, and it, you know, if you're going to get arrested, don't get arrested on a holiday weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to take longer to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, and I joke about it, but it's like, no, it was not, not a good time. Sure. Um, during that time though, my wife had started going back to church and as we would have, you know, said back then recommitted her life to, to the Lord. I, I, you know, we believe in a assurance of faith and all that stuff now. Um, sure. That the whole the roller coaster thing was because of the lack of the assurance and, and faith, because uh, there was it was never taught to me. It, it was you're you could be totally good one in one second, and the next second you're out of Christ. And you know it, you could leave church, but if you get road rage and flip somebody off and get in a get in a car wreck and die, like you're going to hell. Yeah, that kind of, you remember, Billy, early on, you would be like, what if we got caught sinning when we just left, you know, and that's not what we believe, but it's kind of like they're just dangling you over hell all the time, Mm -hmm. like one little slip and we're going to let go of the string, right? Yeah, and you're always like, "Uh," you know, and there's no assurance there, you know, and, uh, you know, my grandpa said he would ride, he took a quote from this man named uh, Uncle Buddy Robinson, he said, I'll ride that altar all the way into heaven if I have to. Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, yeah. you know, it was week after week and, you know, you see a lot of people and people go down the altar. It doesn't mean they're always going down to repent or to get saved again. But a lot of people were that that's how I, I grew up. You know, the spiritual tank is empty and that does happen. I understand that, but you got to go get refreshed. But it was almost like a, a being saved over again week after week. Right. Uh, it messes with your head and. Then my wife's back in church and then I, I do get sober and, uh, but I don't, you know, I try, I tried to go back and we was back in there and I'm in the worship team and stuff. And there's, I, I just was like, I can't, you know, I, I just really didn't get it. And I was like, this, this thing, it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole God thing, being a Christian, it just doesn't work. It's not in my cards. I, I just can't do it. Um, you know, I, wasn't mean about it. I I was straight up honest one night at, you know, rehearsal for at the worship team. I was like, I'm stepping down. I can't do this because, you know, I, if this stuff is real, I don't want to uh, not believe in it and be judged have that hanging over my shoulders or my head, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to lead people into something that I'm not even sure about. I can't do it. So I left and I quit the worship team. I had left church. I really wanted to be an atheist really bad. Uh, I was reading books on it. I, I could just never get to that. It doesn't take that much work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you, by any chance, while you were at this position, did you watch a deconstructing video? No, that was not that popular at that point. I don't think. All right. Yeah, I was yeah. just curious. I tried to read some, jar, you know, Charles Darwin, uh, the senior of bad religion. He wrote a book and I read that because I was like, well, he's punk, you know, punk guy and he's an atheist. So I'll read that. <laughs> so right. um, I couldn't do that. I was still doing music. I wrote I wrote a record called Hymns of Failure. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And basically it was sort of like my... Um, and, and, you know, there was a line, what you said earlier, it was like, I got this like 
this threat of hell, like it's like a noose dangling above my head. It yeah. was one of the lyrics, you know, st- something, stuff like that. It was sort of like uh, my, my goodbye, my farewell to that stuff. There was just things going on in my life where it was like in bed at night, my wife would put her hand on my back and I would just say, stop. And she was like, what, what do you stop? What? And I was like, I know you're praying for me. Stop. Yeah. Stuff like that. So the key moment in that time in my life was my grandma got cancer and my grandma was like a, definitely a mother figure for me, even though we love to just talk really loud and argue about anything, even if we were both wrong, we would, that was our thing. That's how we communicated, but she got cancer. She was dying. Um, I had spent uh, as much time as I could with her. Uh, well, it's basically a nursing home. They had sent her home. They would given her probably 10 to 11 days to, to live. She was able to live 14 days. I prayed to God. You, you know, you're told don't, don't try to make demands and, and stuff like that to God. And, and then it's not like I'm sort of made a demand, but I said, my grandma's going to die. I'm going to be there when she dies. I want to see uh, you if you're real. And uh, got the call. She wasn't doing well. I left work. I got there. She had laid there pretty much motionless. She wasn't drugged up or anything like that either. Uh, She had just laid there, didn't move. And uh, my my aunt and my cousin was in the room, and both of their phones rang at the same time. They went out in the hallway, and at that moment, my grandma looked up. She raised up out of bed. She put her arms straight out and brought them in for a hug, and then she laid back down and, and released her final breath, and she was gone. Hmm. And... Uh, the rest of the family came in and they were like, she's gone. And I was like, yeah, she's gone. I was sitting at the head of the, or the foot of the bed, you know, and saw it. And, uh, you know, we stayed in there too. We stayed in that room and that room was calm and it was peaceful. And it was nothing like I had ever really felt before in my life. And I went home and I cried and I, I know I was crying because I lost my grandma, but I was also crying because the only words that were coming out of my mouth as I hugged my wife was, I know now because I saw her hug Jesus. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing that came to my mind, you know, that she was hugging the Lord. And it's one of those moments where I think sometimes still people will say, yeah, it could have been this, it could have been that. To me, you're not going to take that away from from me. Thank you. That is what it was. Thank you for saying that because it's just like you, Cherry, when you said you were just outside in Marion and you said, are you real? And then the wind came. You knew, and no one's going to take that from you, and no one's going to take that from you. That's exactly right. You asked him. He gave you something, just you and him and her, and you got exactly Mm -hmm. what you asked for. So that's right. Nobody can take that. Nope. Yeah, no, they can't. You know, I mean, there's no, you can try to come up with whatever, you know, other thing happened. But to me, that's what, that's what happened. And, and then that became the course then for me, it, it, it didn't stick at that moment, mm-hmm. but it was like, okay, there, there's something going on. I got I go back to church. I start, you know, trying to it's work my way through two degree turn. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, also like a, uh, one of the uh, like a, a rock altar, 
You know, it's like the first mm-hmm. stone in the rock altar that, that you're building, right? Mm-hmm. That's that moment. You're going to go back to that. Or the 12 stones in the Jordan. Bam, mm-hmm. bam. bam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go there ahead. it is. No, it's fine. Man. <laughs> the, the rock of ages, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Something like that. And so th- that would start then my journey. And then we're, my wife and I are back um, together now. I mean, and we were together, but uh, together in church and uh, doing, doing worship. And there's a lot of things going on in there still uh, sitting through. I, I was still, I was a smoker then. And um, I <laughs> remember going, always having those arguments on Sunday school, you know, and stuff. It's like, you can't smoke. And I was like, I smoke, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Watch know, me. Like, watch this. Yes, yeah, I can. What? It was one of those things where it's like, but you know, they're, they're, you're damaging your body. And I was like, yeah, but all of you guys are on like cholesterol medicine because you're <laughs> overweight. <laughs> you know, and though Marcus, you can't regulate everything, you know, we can't. And it was like, well, it just is the same to me. You know, it doesn't make sense, you know, and to be a member on the church of uh, Nazarene church, you can't smoke, drink. And I was, I had already been a member though for years. So really? I was like, well, I, you know, yeah, well, uh, yeah, you can't smoke or drink there. That's and, like part of know, their creed. Uh, huh? Is that like it, part of the creed? It's in the manual, the, the manual, <laughs> <laughs> the Nazarene church manual. You cannot smoke, you cannot drink, or you can't be a member. Huh? It's wow. A, yeah. It, it's a thick manual too. <laughs> <laughs> no corduroy on Tuesdays. I wonder if they had pants Wednesdays. <laughs> pants Wednesdays. That's <laughs> a throwback joke. That was another thing, you know, as a kid, I invited my best friend, Steve, to come to come to church and uh, he lived down the road and he showed up at the house and he was wearing shorts because it was summer. And my grandpa uh, said, you can't come unless you go change your shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, y'all act like y'all hadn't seen Footloose. This is Footloose. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Wow. I never thought of that. A little bit. You don't drink, you you don't smoke. What do you do? You don't dance. You don't dance. Yeah, you don't dance. They didn't dance. They didn't dance. My, my, you know, my dad, uh, he'll tell, he still has a hard time because I've, I've shared with him all the things now that I've learned. Here's how you read the Bible. And he's just like, I still, it's so hard because my whole life it was drilled into me. You know, I mean, he didn't even, he, he, he thought if he touched a girl, she would get pregnant, you know? So, (laughs) Like, seriously, he really did think, like, he was like, oh, like, scared to death of everything. <laughs> wow. And uh, so, yeah. But there was all that. So, you know. I'm still reeling from what Sarita said about Footloose. <laughs> like, <laughs> when Kevin Bacon. Footloose. Yeah, when he punch dances out his rage, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he's smoking and drinking in the woods. <laughs> you know, he's running around. I wanted to go to church after I saw that. Hey, well, John Lithgow was he was this the preacher, guy. Yeah. He was the yeah. preacher. He's uh, this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's your dad or your I, granddad. Yeah. Or, granddad, yeah. Wow. I did see a guy get tackled at the altar one day. Hallelujah. <laughs> In Jesus' name, hallelujah. <laughs> he went to the altar to get saved, and then he stood up to and started speaking in tongues, and they pulled him Ooh. down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bouncer showed up. <laughs> Out of here. You've had enough. They, oh, that man, is not in the manual. <laughs> yeah. you, there should you be don't no do speaking that. in tongues. <laughs> Somebody needs to bind the strong man. Sorry, Na- yeah. that's a bad reference. Na- Nazarene, well, Nazarenes are cessationists. You know, they don't believe in the spiritual gifts. That's right. Uh, well, Samson today. was a Nazarene, uh, so you were right on that mm-hmm. reference there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. 
I didn't think of that. Sorry about that. So, I just read that. No, it's fine. Um, and uh, again, I don't want to paint a bad p- picture on that. Uh, these are just all the, the different beliefs that, that, that go on, you know? Uh, but I did see that and I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> and uh, the guys in my, th- the band that I had been in, they were both uh, there. They believed in the gifts and stuff when we would argue all the time, you know, about it because I was raised, you don't do that. And if it did happen, it was either fake or um, it was a demon. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, I had all that stuff. We're doing worship, my wife and I. And on Sundays, we would always go before anybody was there. We're the first people there. We pray for the service and stuff. And I'd always get this feeling during worship. Uh, For a long time, I was always thinking like, man, is this like, I I had too much coffee, you know, and everything. (laughs) So I felt like (laughs) I'm really excited, but I feel like this, you know, I feel I don't know what it is. Uh, is there any charismatic people in your group? Uh, I don't think so. There. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, charismatic church people. There are charismatic people here, but they're not church charismatic. <laughs> okay. Is there anybody there that believe in the gifts for today? Um, does anybody in here believe in the gifts today? I speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, of course, you I, know. I, what kind of gifts are we talking? Yeah, about? spiritual gifts, tongues. like speaking I mean, in tongues. I have tongues a spiritual and... gift, but not that. Yeah. yeah. So then you believe right. in a spiritual gift, right? Sure. Either you have them or you don't, right? I mean, we anyway. Yeah, I the, think it's the actual gifts of the spirit, right? Well, um, yeah. though, you know, and that was I was re- like, I was raised not to believe that, and now now we will go into the part to where. It's like, ah, there's got to be something more. I, I do believe, though, you could all say you felt God before, right? Like, through the Holy Spirit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, whether it's... Uh, <laughs> whether it's always the card out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to let and it go. We're still you, praying you brought for it up, you. Now I feel real left out. <laughs> and uh, and there, there are some people, I mean, there's Justin Peters. He's like, you'll never feel you don't feel the Holy spirit. The only time you hear the Holy spirit speak to you is when you read the Bible and that's it. You know, sure. That's the way it is for some people. I do believe that you can feel a little bit something, but you don't want to always rely on feelings or emotions. So, but the, back then where it's like, yeah, you know, it's probably time to, to leave. Some people had left the church at that time and people in my family had left too. And we'd stuck around some and it was time to go. Um, we left on good terms. So I'm taking a sort of like a break, you know, because I don't like church shopping and stuff like that. That's hard to do, I think, a lot of times. But uh, my wife had started going to, I, I'm just going to call it a home church, but it was on Friday night at a, a, this woman's house, uh, This a great couple. She had been going for a long time and, and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I know some of the people that go there and they're, they're charismatic. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, go there um, and stuff. And I, I ended up started to go. And so that would be my intro to very, very mixed theology with the, the charismatic doctrines and stuff in there. Not everybody was charismatic, but there was a lot of people there. And a lot of, a lot of times um, it, it was supposed to be a prayer meeting, but sometimes there would be studies and then there would be uh, nights like this right here, we, they would just invite people to come and give a testimony. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that was very, 
some of the people you just think of, like some of it just fogged you down two and a half hours of just like awful, awful things uh, in their whole life, you know, and then at the last two minutes and then I got saved and here I am, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, and it was like, oh man, you know, I don't like, what's Jesus doing in your life now though, you know, and you never got to that, but, um, <laughs> that that testimony needed an intermission, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was a long. That was that's a two lot. and a half hours. That's almost that's longer than Star Wars. <laughs> it is right, yeah. And uh, there was that, but there was some just good times too there. But there was you know um, a whole time that started to get pretty pretty uh, intense, I guess. If you're into <laughs> spiritual gifts and stuff, and I'm learning and I'm going the wrong way, I now I would say I'm going was going the wrong way and and theological stuff because I'm relying more on what man has to say on the revealed things in Scripture that's only been revealed to them. Sure, and they're writing I have books seen that and side of creating, it too. Yeah, I've seen the side yeah. of that too. Yeah. It gets incredibly so, confusing, doesn't it? It does. And, and you start talking to yourself, man. Uh, you start doing some weird stuff. I've been there. I remember that. And they there was they're they're teaching yeah, you ahead. this stuff. They're teaching you. They're teaching you how to confuse yes. your own self. It's it's wild. And who is the author of confusion? Yeah, we know this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean William there Faulkner. was a lot. <laughs> 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 The CDC. <laughs> right. Yes. Good job. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> that was good. Uh, there was uh, there was a whole month there, man, of just services, and all it was was just uh, casting devils out of people. Yeah. Did they give week you names? Week. Names. You're going to name the devil, right? Like you got to know the names. Yeah. Um, I remember that. That's they, crazy stuff, man. They. Yeah, they want people. We had a puke bucket and all that stuff. Yep. Everyone's wow. puking. Puking the. Is there LSD I have never been in a like, puke what's bucket going on? ceremony. Yeah. Never? No. no. Well, guess what we're doing from quickly. 7 p.m. to 8 tonight. Oh, <laughs> <Sure>. guys. <laughs> Gotta go home now. Sorry, Marcus. Back to you. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's all right, man. I mean, it, it's easy to start busting out the jokes on that stuff, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it is sad that people are being led astray. Yeah, it really or is. Led. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the other word is. They're being led. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just like this whole, it just got incredibly intense. Um, that The meetings grew from 15 to 20 to uh, 100 in a house. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, there's literally people standing down the hallway. They can't hear what's even going on in the main room, you know? Uh, and all it is, it's like, all right, who's ready? Come and get touched. People slain in the spirit. Uh, people saying Jesus is in the room and talking to him. There's people, uh, I mean, they sound like they were in pain, uh, stuff like that. All the stuff you've seen YouTube videos of, if you've not been around that stuff, um, I've seen that stuff. And uh, so uh, we have a meeting. We're like, no, we can't. We got to back off. It's too big anyway. Uh, we can't. It's a fire hazard to begin with. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right? uh, all this type of stuff. And uh, there was a lot of stress that was being carried on. Uh, the people that were really going after that stuff, uh, they said, no way. We're not going to stop. They broke off, went and done their own thing. We started to go to another place then. Uh, that was new. It was called Oasis and uh, it was still, it was charismatic. It was mixed. It wasn't as uh, intense as what we had experienced. 
it was still still very charismatic and all that. And I mean, sometimes church, the service, we never really would have sometimes even have service. I mean, the worship would just go to two and a half, three hours long. And then that was it. Stuff like that. Um, you know, we were into the prophetic words and all this type of stuff. But, you know, the guy who was running this, um, he, he was sort of taking me under his wing and he saw, you know, I believe, you know, God will show people, uh, hey, there's something in this person, you know. And he, he was like, I think you could speak, you have things to say and stuff like that. He had asked me to do a couple of services, you know, I, I preached, I air quotes there, preached, it wasn't preaching uh, back then give some stuff then uh i don't know but he uh he he had asked me if i'd be interested in furthering my education and i was like yeah i would definitely love to learn <laughs> learn some stuff and that i started to go to school online it was a two-year program it's uh, through destiny uh, leadership institute and but it's not work at your own pace it's set up like a school and you work in two week intervals and you you're in a class with uh, online with other students and, and the teachers and stuff like that. This was my introduction to hermeneutics. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, the science of interpretation of the Bible mm-hmm. and learning uh, theology uh, still, still charismatic. And, and, and even it's not denominational it is a mix in there, but they're not pushing one once it's not, it's not biased in one way or, or whatever. And so I got all these books, I'm reading these things and, and I have to give credit to um, Chris Roseboro. Do you guys ever heard of him from, uh, fighting for the faith? No, I have um, not podcast. Okay. He's got a podcast he did for years and he's gone more to YouTube now, but uh, I always had a feeling about people like Bill Johnson and Todd White uh, stuff like that from Bethel Church. Mm-hmm. Todd White wasn't in Bethel, but I always had a feeling like they never, I was like, I don't get these guys, you know? And I started to do Google searches on like Bill Johnson false, you know, <laughs> yeah. see what pops up. Yeah. And uh, start to read that stuff. And I'm like, man, you know, all, all the stuff that I've been taught for these last couple of years, uh, these people are debunking, but they're, they're doing it with, by exegeting scripture. Right. And so I'm, um, I'm getting to a point there in school where I'm still, you know, I'm at this church with great people. Um, but I'm now I'm seeing sermons are not in context. Um, it's usually a lot of talking. That's me, me, me. That could be you. Mm-hmm. So we need to go deeper. We need to do this and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I was even, we, we even participated in, uh, with the vineyard church. Wow. Um, yeah. I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one in Champaign, Illinois, it started a school there, a school of kingdom ministry, all about the gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I went through that course so we could have the school at our church. And I was, uh, <laughs> I was the activator, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was my role. It was to activate people in the spiritual gifts of the spirit. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, you, you start to figure out. I've enjoyed this testimony all the way up to that. And you're, we're still in the charismatic, right? Yes. And what you're just saying. Yeah. So 
that just goes when I know where we're heading. Like I know where we're going. None of the other guys in the room don't, but it's mind tripping, you know, to know because I, you and I mm. have a very similar background. I haven't went through any of that in here, but not so much mm. into the charismatic. But um, mm. it's amazing the the path that we're on. We want to know Jesus, and so we lay our life out and we say, "Okay, I want to know you." And then it's like the craziest path. And it's a mind trip, man. It's wild, isn't it? It is. It is because you want to know so so bad. You really want to understand. You want to be like some of these other people that you're either around or that you're taking in through mm-hmm. podcasts or, or YouTube or whatever, you know, and you're like, man, if I could just be like that guy, I think I would be all be, be going through life a lot better. You know? Yeah, that's um, that's the trick. We always <laughs> think that everybody else has it better. You know, always. Right. And mm-hmm. and in the charismatic, these people, you know, uh, they glow in the dark, you know. <laughs> they, they glow in the dark. They've they've got the special revelation. You know, God, you know, I've heard people say these things that, you know, um, this is information that God's been withholding for two thousand years. He gave it to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wow, really? So you're gonna write write a new book of the a new you know a new book of the Bible, you know? But you know they write their, but instead they get a publishing deal and write their own book on it. And that's right. And, yep. and people base their lives on this stuff. And um, I was big in the spiritual warfare. It really bogged bogged me down uh, hardcore. You're really getting beat up in that stuff. And, and and I'm not gonna err on the side of that spiritual warfare isn't real. I mean, it's obviously Paul talks about that in the Bible. Um, it's just a different spiritual warfare that's being taught in these churches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I do think there's certain areas uh, within that supernatural realm that we ought not to be messing with. And I think I was messing around in some of those, those and it was really crazy for a while in there. Um, anyway, yeah, I was the activator and there's a lot of time I started to see these people get bogged down with that. What we just said, the, the, the night that we were to release the gift of tongues, there's people that did not receive the gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. And, um, because of that, they are, they have now had their conscience bound in that they don't feel equipped like the other people. They right. don't feel like they're like the other Christians. So that all ties in, though, with everything that I'm learning in interpretation and reading the Bible in context and exegeting and learning things from from Chris Roseboro and his podcast. And he plays sermons and he takes them apart bit by bit and then shows where these people are wrong. And I started to be the preacher at that church because I was sort of like, uh, there was a handful of us there, a rotating door that we rotated Sundays, you know, I became the guy that was, uh, I'm going to level the playing field here because you all are okay. Everybody's good. It doesn't matter if you don't speak in tongues and stuff like that. You're still in Christ. Right. And then uh, it, I don't know. I don't know how far I should go with some of those stories because <laughs> I listen, people I had, listen to it. I had a very dear friend of mine, a friend that Andy and I both know, actually, um, getting ready to play a show one night, and uh, mm-hmm. he's talking to me, and he's like, "Look, he's like, um, I'm just going to tell you the truth, Rick. If you're not speaking in tongues, you're not saved. Period." Oh. And I was mm-hmm. shocked by that because I loved this guy, and I was like come on. Like, are you serious? 
Like, it's pretty brutal, you know? And that was mm. that was hard for me. It took me a little while to get over that one. Ouch. Yeah, it hurt, you know? I'm sure he was trying to help. He was. No, that, see, that's the worst part, right, Marcus? That's the worst part is that yes. everybody's loving and trying to help you. That's the idea. But they're all wrong. I mean, anybody can read the Bible and see that not everyone has the same gifts. Even Paul talks about how some are one type and yes. some are another type. You know, everybody has their own things, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they were so hung up on the tongues. You know, if you didn't mm-hmm. speak in it, you weren't saved. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I, no, no, that's fine. And I will say that with this, in, within this, this church, like there wasn't just a heavy emphasis on that. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't have said that, right. you know? Um, but it's always like, there's gotta be an encounter. There has to be an experience, you know, the whole service led up to, there has to be some sort of experience or something here that happens. And if nothing does happen, then what was wrong? What did we do? We, we messed up somewhere mm-hmm. uh, there as leaders um, and stuff like that. So it, it got to the point, um, this with eschatology overlaps because I'm being encountered with different eschatology views there and everything too, but I'm learning more and more about the context and just how to actually exegete the Bible. And one Sunday I just sort of just, I called the main pastor out at the end of the sermon um, in front of everybody because they take questions. We would take questions, but that Sunday he did not open the floor for questions. Um, but I said, hey, uh, that's not what that verse means. Uh, so, so, in the middle of church? And, uh, at the end of the, right, because he was going to move into worship and for people to come up and get Right prayer. before the altar so, call. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. By the way, what they do said was wrong, everybody. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. And I did have a friend back me up on it. And he was like, yes, I, well, I know, but the whole point he, he was, and I'm thankful for this guy in my life and all that. I'm not putting him down. It was just a moment where I was like, he took, he took Peter going into a trance. And so the whole point of that was, can we go into trances? Mm. Let's go to in the trances and stuff like that. Uh. And I said, that's not the point of that verse. Um, and you could have heard a pin drop um, and everything. And, uh, it's a pretty brave, yeah, yeah, frankly. Yeah. I, I felt I felt accountability as a, another leader there. Sure. That if I am there and something is being presented out of context to mislead people, then I felt a responsibility to correct that. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, that's how, where I was getting within, you know, my understanding of the Bible and, and reading and, um, it probably could have been handled differently at that, but, you know, um, I was, we did have a meeting. He asked me, um, he, he wanted to have my word on that. I would never do that again. And I said, I can't give you that word because if it happens again, that's what I'll do because we're, <laughs> we have to do that, I think. And I had some people not not like me because of that. One guy said he would have, I should have been taken out back behind the shed and beaten for that. Mm. <laughs> well, that uh, sounds like something from down south, man. Take you yeah. to the woodshed. Yeah, woodshed, yep. <laughs> it was because he, well, the man who said that, he submitted his life to to an apostle. Uh, so um, uh. he saw this, this other guy as... Uh, 
an apostle figure. Wow. Uh, so we, you do not touch God's anointed, right? Right. Yep. Which is out of, out of context. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's uh, my, my rotation in, in preaching was uh, not happening as often after that. <laughs> so, uh, and there was a lot of tension going on there. Uh, so um <laughs> at that time there, there would come a point to where my my emphasis moved from what i thought was uh there is a thing called kingdom theology mm-hmm. um this all overlaps like i said and that went to proper biblical theology which would be interpretation had the biggest impact on me context and just you know, read a read a couple verses before. Keep read a couple verses after, instead of, hey, I got a really good sermon here. Now I just need to go to the search tab and find a verse that, that right. fits, fits the sermon, uh, which is very popular in evangelicalism as a whole. And that's where I was at. And I was just like, you know, it's time that we're going to have to to go because. He, they had given their vision for what they wanted to, uh, where they were going to go next with this church. And they had always been honest. If you can't walk in that, just tell us, you know, and I said, Hey, we can't do that. Um, so I don't want to hinder that. I don't want to hinder you guys on there. You know, (laughs) we got to back off. We're going to leave. Yep. So in that, you know, I, I definitely had debunked a ton of the charismatic doctrine by that point. I would call myself a continuationist mm-hmm. instead of a, a cessationist because I do believe the gifts happen from time to time, but they are nowhere on the scale that the charismatic people would make you believe mm-hmm. um, happening all the time, you know, even in the supermarket, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Have you, you ever know? got slain no, in the spirit you know, in the proto style? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, people had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a these prices joke, but I can't get there quick enough. I was going to say maybe in the liquor aisle or something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do these prices slay you in the spirit? Oh, man. I, we, we had lived our life for a while there so much on words of knowledge and prophecy and yeah. and every morning was like, Lord, give me, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit's telling me to look for a red flannel shirt. So the whole day I'm out working, I'm looking for somebody in a red flannel shirt so I can speak to them. Things like that, you know? It's mind tripping, I man. I got away. Yeah, mind tripping. And, it and is. You, know, uh, you know, before that, before the even the gift stuff in my life, I mean, there have been moments, you know, I, I remember that I was at a garage sale one time and I walked away and I really felt I should go back and talk to this one guy that I saw there. And I said, Hey, what's going on? You know, I just felt like I should come and talk to you. And he had cancer and stuff. And I was like, well, do you know Jesus, you know, and stuff like that. There, I think there's little moments like that, that happen. But like I said, I don't think it's all the time, you know, when they say there's, you know, 500 people got healed of this, that, and the other at that service. And it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, more, more miracles happen at church services than happen in all of Acts. You know, yeah, yeah. over a 30 year span. Right. And, you know, I started to learn that it's 30 years and you can, I can't remember exactly. I know I've said it on the podcast before, but if you do the math, you know, it comes to like 1.5 miracles a year that happened right. within that 30 year span. So it wasn't like an every, you know, uh, 
all the time type of thing, um, like they make it out to be. So we had really had drawn back a lot from that stuff while we were still in that and, and left that. Then we left and in God's providence in that time, we were only out of church for two weeks and I had filled in some at the, where I'm at now and their pastor had just, uh, <laughs> their pastor showed up one Sunday and said, Hey, I got a bigger church. This is my last Sunday here. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. So, uh, and so they were like, Hey, can you? <laughs> yeah. I, my dad had always told me that they were like every Sunday when they did prayer requests, uh, he would say, and don't forget to pray for us that we'll find a bigger church. It was like, wow, that's a punch in the gut to the congregation, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that size matters. Yeah. <laughs> so that that would take me there. So the overlapping part there was in the midst of all that too was the eschatology while I'm in school and learning that there was different views on the end times. That that made me hit the books harder though for interpretation and hermeneutics mm-hmm. in context. I was pulling my hair out over that because I had never been told there was any other view at all. You know, I, I didn't know that there was dispensationalism. I didn't know post-millennialism or preterism or any of this stuff. I I thought, yeah, I thought it was heretical, Uh, you know, uh, misinterpretation. I always say misinterpretation at best, heretical at worst. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, A group of guys, you know, buddies of mine had went up north for a weekend to hear some guy. And and that guy had talked about, you don't have to worry about the end. Don't worry about it. All that stuff happened in 70 AD and stuff. And they're telling me about, and I'm like, what? You know, it was like that guy, he's a screwball, you know? And and, uh, I, I, by the way, you just gave, that's the nickname that I have here. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, screwball. Uh, <laughs> Rickism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, there's probably tons of other things I could say in all my testimony that happened. But the biggest thing that just brought me to where, you know, and it was a lot like Paul, you know, and Paul started to learn the how to read the Bible, and when he could read, <laughs> you know, man, when he started to learn to read the Bible, and I told him, man, he was in a relevant yeah he's not talking about the apostle paul i was like wait what oh, he's yeah, talking yeah. about paul that was on his that i was talking about at the beginning the yeah my friend the show that that cherry and i heard um was about this guy paul that he knew and they were talking about preterism and the more and more that they talked the more and more paul came to realize like wait right. there's something there really is something to this yeah and here there's more yeah. and more and it's a fascinating it, one yeah because he had set out to try to prove me wrong and he thinks i'm off the rails you know, but he had grew up in oneness Pentecostalism, <laughs> and then he had went to a right. big evangelical church uh, here. And he and, and once he started just just context on anything, I was like, dude, six months you're out of there because you you're going to be able to tell every sermon is not is not related to the text that they give. And he was like, no, no, yep. no, you know. And uh, but yeah, then. So it all ties together. So it's sort of hard to get those last, those couple of years in there because they overlap. But when those guys had told me bits and pieces about this other guy who was an apostle, <laughs> by the way, he's a, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even he was an apostle from, from Australia. Um, mm. But he did, he, he, an Aussie apostle. Yes. <laughs> Aussie apostle. <laughs> yeah. 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 
and I forgot what what de- denomination, but he totally like took out an entire. I don't know if it was Methodist or the Lutheran Church in Australia. He he completely disbanded that denomination mm. from his teachings, talking about a Methodist or a Lutheran spirit or something like that. <laughs> so wow, because you know everybody's got a spirit of something, um, right? Um, all the so time. how did so so you were just talking about Paul so. Mm-hmm. Just how did you get to the point where the Kingdom Project podcast came into existence? Because are are you a pastor of a church now? I am. I thought so, because on your podcast, it sounds like you're preaching to, uh, not every time, sometimes it sounds like you're mm-hmm. you're talking from home, but then there's other times whenever you're talking to a congregation, right? Yes, yes. Every every okay. Sunday, every, every sermon, uh, all the sermons are on there. I, I started that, though, when I was still at the other place, at Oasis, and... Um, and I was hitting it hard there. So people were hearing it while we're still going there. And I'm talking about myths, you know, of this and that and the modern day apostles and stuff like that, you know, and debunking sure, those things. Right. So uh, there, there was a lot of tension that was going on there. I'd wanted to start a podcast and I, I, the original intent on that was I was going to talk about kingdom theology, but mm-hmm. that, and, and those first but but the other the other intent and purpose of that was I knew that things would be changed that things had changed so rapidly in two years of learning and being taught and reading books on an interpretation and context and all these things that and ended with eschatology that I knew that if I had changed so much that I was going to continue to change. And people could go on that ride with me and they could see yep. it changing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, that would be kind of interesting too. And there's a lot of things I probably, I do need to revisit and, and say, okay, we need to, uh, that episode's no longer relevant. <laughs> Some of the information in there, you know, but uh, um, it's just one of those things. It's good to have too, even for myself, even if the podcast was gone, I have every episode, you know, saved. I can go back and listen to it and, and, and go, Oh yeah, I did think that way or that way there. But, yeah. but there, there was a kingdom theology. There was a, a man named uh, George Ladd who had started that kingdom theology uh, type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was really into that. And there was a guy from the vineyard who did that stuff too. What's his name? Derek Morphew. And um hmm. In that, in that, it was sort of a, uh, a victorious uh, eschatology um, of like more more dominionism, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to keep yeah. keep building and building, and we'll you take and over. I, yeah. So there was. We'll all have that. to have a side conversation one of these days, Marcus, because yeah. we'll, we can we can get into plenty of isms that our our listening audience are going to have no idea. Oh, okay. What we're talking about, because you know, <laughs> right, right, you know, but so yeah, there's but that's this, one of the things. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it was just all that stuff. I'm like taking all this stuff in, and then I'm trying to weed it out, you know, and right, and sure. what's in the Bible, and then trying to prove that one guy wrong about. I had never heard of 70 AD and what happened there, you know, and I grew up with. Uh, a thief in the night movie, you know, I mean, they, they showed the thief in the night movie to us in Sunday school, you know? Sure. Yeah. And uh, the rapture and I'm scared to death of being left behind and all this stuff too. And that, that played a big part 
and me wanting to walk away. Like, this is like, what is all this stuff? You know, like, this is nuts, you know, like one minute I'm good with God and the next minute I'm not. And then I'm left behind. And there's always a preacher that's left behind <laughs> in those movies. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. 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 And Kirk Cameron. Yeah. And Kirk Cameron. You know? <laughs> Kirk Cameron's a preterist now. Did you know that? Uh, I had thought that I'd heard that yeah. anybody that reads the Bible long enough <laughs> will at least see it. Whether I'm not, I'm not saying they always agree agree right. with it, but they will see it eventually. You start to see these words, and it's like you said, you know, exegesis, proper exegesis, and context, and everything is important. And that's why I want. And can I ask you this too? Mm-hmm. Um, would it be okay if I put a link on our website that led the guys not only to the episodes of the the first and second episodes of you talking with Paul mm-hmm. so that they can see what we saw in your podcast and where you were coming from, yeah, but yeah. then also lead them to your podcast because much like ours, you know, this podcast is about breaking down some of the old traditions and preconceived notions that we were given, not necessarily saying that they're bad, but just making sure that they're correct. And, you know, yeah. always trying to self-correct here by just using the scripture. Mm-hmm. And I want to lead them to your podcast because it's fantastic. Oh. It just is. Like you you do a lot of research. I love your verse by verse study. I love your exegesis. Thank you. And You've got a good, you've you got a great sense of humor, and you also, uh, but you're legit, which I think you you really want people to know. Yeah, this is the path you're on, and I got to get back. I, I haven't got into your James study yet, but I'm getting ready to. So I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, cool. yeah, thank you. No, yeah, absolutely. You you could share that and uh, encourage people to listen to it, and even if they disagree with it, that's fine, you know, because uh, it when you when you hear the episodes like you said that are my sermons, I um, at the end I always. I say any uh, comments, questions, disagreements, you know, I ask the congregation, you know, I welcome them because I want us to be able to, uh, to bring that to the floor and then uh, take it deeper if we need to. And and then search scriptures like the Brians to see if what I am saying is true as well. You know, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I can testify right here that, I've and you know it. I've sent mm-hmm. you, you know, a couple of questions via Gmail. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, I'm looking at this and I want to see what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And guys, he got on there and he gave me a full on explanation to the best of his ability, which I thought was awesome. I was like, this is just some guy who doesn't even know who I am, but he's willing to take the time out to answer and help. So, anybody that's listening to this, mm-hmm. you can go to our website. I should have it all up there before this episode gets on, so that you can <laughs> click. And go to the Kingdom Project podcast, listen to all of it. And then also, uh, if you want to get in touch with him, I'm sure he'd be happy for us to send you, you know, mm-hmm. we have 16,000 plus listeners, so you might get more than one or two emails, and I hope that's not a problem. Yeah, but, really? Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. I mean, I'm, I always welcome it, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean- it's because I, we tell dirty jokes on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you get the bleeds. You're explicit. <laughs> We lead with them. Well, yeah, we're explicit, of course. Yeah, that's why people come here. So it says explicit. No. <laughs> I, I told yeah. I, I told my friend Paul when you first uh, reached out to me, and, and he 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 goes and looks at it. He goes, "Why is it why is it listed as explicit?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I mean, if you're in the, you can read the Bible yeah. out loud, and right. it's explicit. Oh. oh yeah. I mean, you just do you know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah, because if I, and if I have somebody on here talking about abortion or talking about drug use, that's explicit content. It's not just cursing; it's explicit. We don't want little kids to hear it, you know. Or we yeah. tell people, "Hey, you might want to turn this off when your kids are in the car." It was funny because my kids were like, "Mom, I got to take the explicit warning off Spotify so they could listen to my testimony." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, it's explicit? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh. Of course it's explicit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think we just do them all that way. I am the new Joe the, Rogan. Look at me go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you did yours, then we were like, oh, I guess we better do it for And I won't put explicit on this one. I won't have to. I mean, of course, well, you, you know, unless well, Andy uh, talks a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Man. Or you tell a joke. Okay. You're, you're right. <laughs> you a, or you tell a joke. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're right, though. I mean, the old te- some of the things that God said to Israel can make people blush. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you start talking about the seminal emissions of stallions, yes. Bang. Okay, we're explicit <laughs> yeah. now. That Good is, job, Rick. I, I did, that's <laughs> a colorful it may depend on which version you're reading for I, you to really understand it, though. I made. A, I'm not going to read the King James version. <laughs> my, my, I mean, that's where it comes from. My wife, you know, King James. My wife decided, you know, just to, to spend a year last year to read all the way through, and she's in the Old Testament. She's like, I am so tired of hearing about men going into women, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half the women in this uh, studio right. are, are tired of it too, buddy. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's not, all, but. not my wife. She loves me. Oh. Oh. But there is. And we're explicit again. I, I, I remember, you know, even teenager, you know, having t-shirts and stuff with skulls on it and metal and punk rock and, you know, my family not liking it. And I was like, it's, there's death all over the Bible. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, (laughs) it was like the imagery, just if you were to turn this in the imagery, it would look like, you know, this album cover probably. So, you know, I mean, they threw, they threw a dead body on Elisha's bones and it came back to life. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and well, yeah, there's all kinds you know, of stuff like that. But recently, I used that. You know, um, on Facebook, I made a post because all these parents are freaking out about that movie turning red that came out by uh, yeah Facebook. on Disney Plus. I heard about that, and and most of the stuff they listed is not even. I was like, no, it's over dramatized. You're wrong, and I was like, and if you are that. I, my question to you, to you as Christian parents, have you read the Bible to your kids? Right. <laughs> and I, I yeah. and I gave I mean, those verses out of Ezekiel and stuff too. I was like, he, you know, God's saying Israel is worse than a prostitute because Israel's, for you know, lack of better words, it sounds crass, but she, you know, Israel was giving it away for free. You know, uh, yep. so he he says you're, or as we like to say on this podcast, a whore. Yeah. Yeah, See, I got well, it in another one, guys. There you <laughs> go. Man. He says you're a quick. A harlot. What's a harlot? A harlot. That's what that is. Yeah. That's exactly what What's it is. What's a harlot is a whore. And he says he says those things. Like you said, the emissions and the, the size of the all that stuff. And it's like, it's, it does. here it is. Yeah. Here it is. Are you reading this? You know, and, and that's things like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I came up with a whole series, you know, in church called Rethinking and um, did um there's a couple of those sermons where I read the, 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 the scripture out of a children's Bible book first. And then yeah. I read the actual script, you know, the scripture and go, wow. But most of us grew up with that children's Bible version. And that's what we remember. So, <laughs> so it's, Absolutely. Inter- it's interesting to do those things. I, I, and that's what I like to do. Hey, let's rethink it. Even if you guys don't, but 
so I'm so big on the different views and interpretation that I even give, I'll be like, okay, here on this verse, you're going to have this group say this and here, and you're going to have that group say this. And, and, but I want them to know because I don't want them to feel conflicted the way that I did for so long and just going crazy. That's what it felt like for a while. And especially when it came to eschatology. So, cause you know, you know, learning that the rapture, you know, it's not even really there, you know, uh, I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about that, but I mean, yeah. No, no, but, no. no I, so I'm in agreement with you, but it may not, maybe not everybody, but right. I will say this. I I feel, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, and we're going to have to wrap this, this episode up yeah, here in a sec. But that's cool. I just wanted to tell you, um, I don't know if you've noticed, it seems like there, it feels like a movement that's going on mm -hmm. and that what you just said is similar in my heart and similar in people like uh, Pastor David Curtis at Berean Bible Church mm -hmm. and uh, probably that Roseboro guy you were talking about that we have been confused. I think that our entire nation, we've had so many different sects breaking out and taking verses in and out of context and yeah. that we've created this giant ball of suck in this country mm -hmm. to where we can't even talk to one another. And Jesus said that you will know that you're one of my disciples about how you love one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but yet we can't even have a conversation without, oh, sorry, beep, you got to shut it off because, you know, we have this different eschatological view or a different soteriology or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I feel a movement. I feel like that something's going to shift in the church. And I feel that. And I don't mean in some weird prophetic way. I just, I notice it. I start, I've been hearing it more and more in my life. And that's why I'm talking about it. And that's why I love your podcast. And that's why I wanted you on the shows because I, you know, I want people to know what you're doing out there because you're trying to, you want to break down that confusion. Mm -hmm. And who is the author of confusion? Truman Capote. <laughs> that that totally joke keeps going. going. <laughs> that's a callback. CDC. That's what, yeah, he's right. The CDC, CDC. was right. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fauci. Saint. Saint. Oh. It's Saint. Saint Fauci. Saint Fauci. <laughs> what does Fauci mean in Italian? I think it's a bad word. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It means whore. Marcus. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's uh, Saint Whore. Saint Whore to you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Marcus, I really appreciate you being on the show so much. And I could sit here and talk to you for two hours, but I'm sitting on a wooden uh, bench and I'm going to have to stand very soon or I'm going to die. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't bring our comfortable chairs today to the studio. No, I, I, no, but, uh, I get it, man. It's cool. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. Definitely. I love conversation. Yeah, it means a lot to me that. Yeah, it means a lot to me that you came. I hope you don't mind me sending you emails with questions here and there. No, and no. Having that dialogue back and forth, you know. I love, I crave all the time. I always crave for biblical conversation, you know. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Me too. Yeah. It's so. something I love. I'm passionate about. Are you a pastor now? Yes. Yes. It's a very small church. Um, it's called Forest Baptist. What kind of church? Well, it's called Forest Baptist Church. Um, at some point, Baptist got tacked on. So we are part of uh, an association, but I, every Baptist church though, it, it can do whatever they want to do. <laughs> so, that's right. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, they they knew I was like, I'm not bad. I don't know what I was when I started. Um, it's been three. I think it's almost going on four years now that I've been there. So, um, but yeah, that that's been good. But like I said, it's just a small country church and, uh, the, my main goal there is just to teach them as I do my sermons, we just pick a book 
we go verse by verse. And then when the opportunity arises, I can insert rules, you know, of interpretation and context and, and sure. emphasize that to them. So that's my biggest thing. Um, I'm more of a teacher, I guess, you know, in doing that and then trying to make it as simplistic for them because it's more ex it's more expositional mm-hmm. verse mm-hmm. by verse. Yeah, if you go I don't know on. when we got into topical preaching. Like, mm. I, I just I don't have any tolerance for. Hey, let's talk about yeah mental health and, and okay, yeah, let's do, but let's read the Bible. That's why I'm here. Let's let's talk about the Bible. That's why I'm here and and encouraging your congregation to also read through the Bible mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, for yourself, not just taking it on your word or Rick's word or. Yeah. You know, Cherry's word. Yeah, I mean. you're right. There, there's just too many people in, in what we call the evangelical complex industry, you know, or industry complex, you yeah. know, that they cling to every word that their pastor says. And uh, while there should be a little bit of that, they don't go to the Bible and look at it for themselves to see if it's there, you know. Um, sure. And I told them when they when they asked me to be their preacher, I did not record the first sermon because I wanted it to just be for them, you know, really. But I, I told them, I was like, you're not going to get three points in a poem. You're not going to get personal stories about me. And so it can pull at your heartstrings and then I'll somehow relate it to this one story or whatever. And you're not going to be told that you're David and there's a giant in your life that needs to be slain. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, if anybody wants to hear his sermons, you can go to the Kingdom Project podcast. I found you on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I assume you're on some other other podcast streaming. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Podbean. Okay. Uh, the usual places. All of them, yeah, pretty much. I even found it on YouTube, actually. You had some up on YouTube. Yeah, the audio always goes directly to, to YouTube, um, just and, yeah. know, and I, some people like that. I found your Halloween episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do that too. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, guys, if you uh, if you guys can go to our website at burrowsabria.com. You can. I will have a link directly to Marcus's podcast, and uh, you can go on there. And uh, we'll have a way that you can reach out to us, info at burrowsofberea.com. And if you have a question for Marcus, we can always forward you right to him. He's great about getting back to you. He'll teach you everything that he knows. Uh, he was very, very kind to me. And Marcus, thank you so much for being on the show. It means, it means a lot to me that you were willing to do it. And, and I'm glad we were patient and we actually got to do it. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. Anytime we can do something like this, I'm for it. Let's do it again if you want. Yeah. And nice to meet all yeah, of you Yeah, I love guys. that idea. Yeah, nice to meet yeah, everyone. So. Yeah, hang on, hang yeah. on to the end because I'm going to introduce you to them after we yeah. uh, we end the, the the podcast here. So Billy and Sarita, Andy, Cherry, and my wife, Holly, thank you all for being here. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you next time on the Burrows of Berea. Bye.